welcome to Creative Place, the podcast for creative placemakers. I'm your host, Andrea Orlando. In this episode, you'll hear from Sharnita Johnson of the Geraldine R. Dodge Foundation. The private foundation supports arts, education, and the environment for an equitable New Jersey. Sharnita is Program Director for the Arts, and we'll hear about some of her favorite Garden State experiences and about the Foundation's new strategic plan. Tell me a little bit about what the Dodge Foundation does. Sure. So the foundation is about 45 years old, and it was established by the estate of Geraldine Rockefeller Dodge. And we've done a lot of different program areas over the years, and we're currently focused on the arts, which is the program that I direct, environment, informed communities, education, and we also host a poetry festival every other year in Newark. And the poetry festival is probably 30 years old. And what is the area that you serve? We actually are a statewide organization, so we make grants and support organizations all over the state. So I understand you have a new strategic plan. Uh, What can you tell me about that? We do. So the strategic plan planning process was probably um, developed over the course of maybe 18 months. So it's been a really important um, endeavor for the organization and it involved not only staff, but our trustees as well. And we've worked with some um, pretty amazing thinkers and consultants during this process. And we really were um, really trying to figure out what the foundation's work could and should be for maybe the next 44 years or 45 years. But we really were at a very important inflection point and the process was very, very inclusive and um, we are very proud of the work that we've landed on, which includes a new mission, a new vision, and and soon to be sort of a new programmatic thrust. Although we intend to stay in our current program areas, it just may look different. And so our new vision is that we will envision an equitable New Jersey through creative, being creative, engaged, and sustainable. And we are, we're very dedicated to all of those areas and have long histories of supporting creativity in the state, definitely environment in the state. We've been focused on education, but we really felt like we needed to examine the way that we were doing our work in these program areas and who we were serving. And we really want to support communities that have been underrepresented, under-resourced, and that process was a a really thought-provoking process for us, I think. And I think we discovered a lot. And um, I'm personally, and I think that the board and staff are very, very excited uh, about our, our, our way forward. What did you discover through the process? You know, I think that it's sort of what any kind of organization or even a person, when you take the time to be reflective, you think about all of the, the many good things. And so this is what we really sort of thought about, that we've done 
a lot of really good work in New Jersey, and we're very, very proud of that work, and we've supported amazing organizations that are doing really incredible things, but we also realize that we have also left out a lot of communities, and that was not intentional in any way. We were involved in um, creating, um, you know, building, for example, in the arts, really building um, a professional theater environment in New Jersey, which we have, have we really thought about who, who stories we're telling and who gets to tell those stories. And so we want to really examine across the board kind of all of that work in all of our program areas. We have a very robust environmental program. However, we know that communities of color are actually receive the brunt of lots of pollution and other environmental issues. So how do we sort of look at that through a different lens and really address the issues in that way? In terms of education, we know that there are inequities in the education arena and and, and how do we address that? So it's again been a very interesting process, a very sobering process, and what we really want to do is um, really support work that will um, impact communities that in many ways are um, under-resourced and invisible. Do you have an example of a way that, that you've done that already through the arts and creativity? Yeah, I think that, um, and as we were sort of talking about before, I think that the placemaking work in many ways is is an effort to do that, where arts is just accessible in your neighborhood. You know, there are people who may never have the opportunity to actually sit in a concert hall and enjoy music. But if you can experience it in your neighborhood in sort of a low-impact way, um, I think that those are the opportunities that we have where it's available in your neighborhood, in your community, it's accessible. You might even be able to participate in the actual art making, but that it's just inherent in your community, that it's not a thing that you kind of have to dress up to do, even though that's fun too, to dress up and, and go to a show. Um, but it's also something that if you walk out of your door, that you might have public art in your neighborhood, that you experience that, that there are musicians and artists, visual artists and other creatives that actually live in communities and never never make their art in their neighborhood, that there are opportunities for exhibitions and other performing arts activities or festivals or whatever is really important to your community. So we do have examples of organizations that we're supporting to do just that. For example, Valley Arts is an organization in Orange that has really rooted its community development work with the arts in mind. So there artists live workspaces in that community. There are exhibition spaces and galleries in that community. There are music venues in that community. And it's accessible to anyone who lives in that community or who wants to come to the community to enjoy high quality art. An existential question. What is it about art that makes it 
an essential part of life, in your opinion. Why, why do we all need to be able to experience music in our neighborhood and public art? What is it about it? Well, I think it's, it's edifying and it's affirming. And it's particularly edifying and affirming when your own culture, when you can experience your own culture's art. So, um, and it's just, it's naturally occurring in our everyday life. I can't imagine, and maybe there are households where no one ever plays music, but I know growing up in my house, there was always music playing. Mm -hmm. Um, And even, you know, obviously most folks are plugged into media through television, but actually the mere fact of every item that we use on a daily basis was actually created. It was an idea first. So we're experiencing art and design in our everyday life, and we may not pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, but obviously um, having an opportunity and a way to express our creativity and our humanity is essential. Can you tell me a little bit about your arts portfolio? Sure. So currently, our portfolio is focused on um, performing and visual arts. So we support arts organizations, theaters, dance companies, museums, galleries throughout the state. So it's a pretty big job with uh, a pretty modest set of resources. Um, But we also do a little bit of, of creative placemaking work, as I mentioned, one of our grantees. So we have a few examples of where we're um, sort of looking at arts in sort of a na- through a neighborhood lens or a community lens. Um, but mostly we're supporting um, the fantastic dance companies, world-class dance companies, theaters, and we have some amazing visual arts organizations, many of them that support emerging artists, um, young artists, New Jersey artists. So it's a very, very um, pretty diverse portfolio in terms of arts disciplines, um, and which is very exciting. So um, I spend a lot of my time in theaters and in art galleries and um, really enjoying all of the many, many cultural activities that happen in New Jersey. Oh, that sounds like a a great way to live. <laughs> not, not too bad, not too bad. <laughs> Who are the world-class dance companies? So we support, and I don't want to leave any out, um, but we support Carolyn Dorfman Dance. They're actually having their um, a performance and their gala um, next weekend, which is why they're top of mind, Modern Dance Company. Actually, Carolyn Dorfman is from my home state of Michigan, which I didn't know before I got here. And she has an amazing, amazing company, and they just do incredible work. I'm Nani Chen, who focuses on Chinese traditional dance, but she also does modern dance and um, focuses on creating a new spin on traditional Chinese dance. We have Nimbus Dance Works, which is another modern dance company based in Jersey City, and they're doing amazing work. And actually, they have a performance tonight at um, South Orange Performing Arts Center. And we also support um, Atlantic City Ballet, which is a wonderful company that has dancers from all over the world, really. Um, And they perform primarily in, um, in New Jersey, in Atlantic City. Roxy Ballet, 
which they're focused in, they're headquartered in Lambertville, and they primarily focus on um, New Jersey audiences, and they perform throughout the state as well. And I, I hope I'm not leaving anybody out. Um, if if you are though, where can somebody go to to find out who, the, the to find the full list? Sure. Um. So you can actually look on our website, and you will see at least our grants list. Oh, New Jersey Ballet. We also support New Jersey Ballet, which is another world class dance company um, that performs throughout the state, and many and um, Lydia Johnson Dance Company too, so which is another modern dance company. And most of the um, organizations they tour nationally and internationally and they also perform and have a New York season so they really are an incredible group of um, world-class dancers and dance companies and their home base is New Jersey and how lucky are we for that oh we're we're <laughs> extremely lucky and and we want to keep that a secret don't we <laughs> So, um, and how about the visual artists? So we fund a number of organizations that um, are involved in the visual arts. And just to name a few, obviously the Newark Museum, um, which is has a world-class collection. Um, they have a very strong um, African and African-American collection and also um, Asian collection. And they actually have a new um, CEO and president, so we definitely want to welcome um, Linda Harris to New Jersey. The Montclair Art Museum is another world-class um, museum that they have a very significant Native American collection, um, which is very, very interesting. And we also fund the Hunterton Art Museum, which is an amazing little museum that is it's in a former mill building and it's on um, it's on a, a little river and they have a small collection of modern and they, they focus on ceramic arts and they offer classes and all kinds of programming so those are just a few at the the on top of my mind right now um, but again we support organizations throughout the state so Wheaton Arts which is down in Millville area is actually they have a museum they also have a folk life center and they're very well known for their glass blowing program and work which is pretty unique in New Jersey Peters Valley which is kind of it's an art school which is in northern New Jersey and you can take classes there you can do a residency there they have an amazing gift shop which is a pretty dangerous place to be if you like crafts <laughs> um, and so we're, we're pretty scattered out throughout the state, um, the Visual Arts Center and Summit. And again, most of these or all of these organizations provide classes for students, for adults, and have opportunities to express your creativity, whether you're a professional artist or not. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. I really appreciate it. Is there anything that we didn't get to that you really want to say? Well, thank you for inviting me to have the conversation. Um, you know, not being a native of New Jersey, in, in the last few days, several people have asked, well, how do you like New Jersey? Um, and I have been enjoying it immensely. I have been really lucky in that I've gone from probably the very top of the state to the very bottom of the state, all the way down to Cape May. 
and seeing the incredible um, creativity and the incredible resources that New Jersey has to offer. And I've enjoyed it. And again, I've been pretty lucky that I've been focused on sort of immersing myself in the cultural community here and meeting some really, really incredible people. I did not get a weather upgrade, unfortunately. I came from Michigan. I came from a cold weather state to another cold weather state. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, I have the ocean, what, 45 minutes away from, from me, so I can't complain about that either. Yeah, I look forward to getting down there soon. <laughs> well, it's a beautiful... I actually went down to um, Sandy Hook to see seals. The seals are migrating back to New Jersey for some strange reason. Well, it's not a strange reason, but um, I guess the migratory patterns. Um, and so when who, who gets to do that? Like, that's just pretty amazing. I can get in my car and drive 45 minutes and actually see a real live seal. Yeah, that yeah. that is really cool. So the natural beauty of the state, too, has been um, just really incredible. And while I'm not necessarily an outdoors person, although my colleagues are always trying to get me outdoors and make me hike, I've enjoyed sort of getting to know um, and explore the natural beauty of the state while also being able to enjoy sort of the charming little towns and the, the cities here. So it's been really um an incredible, incredible journey and an exploration, and I'm pretty lucky. Do you have a favorite spot that you visited recently? Wow. So actually, top of mind is probably the experience at Sandy Hook to, to visit the seals and just to be out and see the ocean. And it was a little crisp, but not too cold, so we could stay outdoors and enjoy nature. Um, and again, that it's so accessible, that it's so close. So that's probably one of my um, favorite experiences recently. But I've been canoeing, um, which again, I'm a city girl, so this is like amazing to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually, you know, got into the water. So yeah, they are really great. And then. You know, I was just at Newark Museum, and they have an amazing new show opening featuring American artists. So I can go from the ocean to a museum in one day, and that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I I was at the Newark Museum, it was either last year or the year before. They have a planetarium there. They do. And at the time, the show was interpreting the constellations from the Western viewpoint and also native or indigenous viewpoint. It was fascinating. And And all of those conversations can be had in a place like New Jersey because we have all of those assets. Um, And they have, um, in addition to the planetarium, they also have the Ballinger House, which is a peek back into the history of the city. Um, which is pretty exciting as well. So I, I, I'm a big New Jersey booster, actually, as you can see. Um, and, and it's been a, an amazing opportunity of discovery, definitely from my side. Well, thanks again. Oh, well, thank you for having me. You've been listening to Creative Place, produced by the National Consortium for Creative Placemaking. Check out our show page for more information at cpcommunities.org. 
follow us on social media where our handle is CP Communities. Bye for now.